from today's episode of International Hangout. We had uh, he's getting this award. I'll say this. I learned one of the formulas. Uh-huh. That's that's uh-huh. how I know how to make it now. Yeah, suits with mm-hmm. Harvey Specter and uh, Mike Ross. It was a. Uh, I want to ask, like, don't you think we're naive to? Okay, I mean, what what games do you play though? Like, uh, is the Incredible Hulk? Incredible Hulk, the yeah. Incredible Hulk. He has uh, been in a lot of countries and stuff. From internationals for the internationals, this is International Hangout. What's up, people of CFI? This is episode six of International Hangout, and my name is Shushanik. I'm Sutil Silva. Today uh, in the studio we have Cebu Marshlangu, and I don't know whether I said the name right or not, <laughs> but I tried my best. And yeah, Cebu, he's a senior, and he's from South Africa and Norway. He's the ISA president, fellow one of our fellow peer advocates, and uh, he's the intramural coordinator as well. And actually, uh, in my freshman year, uh, I was one of, like one of the candidates like competing with him to uh, for the events coordinator, right? And he inspired me a lot. Like uh, I saw him like you know uh, running for that position, and he inspired me a lot. Now he's our uh, ISR president, and uh, I'm so proud of him. Uh, how are you doing, Sibu? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a good week. Uh huh. Uh, ready to be done with school, honestly. Oh, yeah, right. Getting Just through this last week before finals week. Yeah, like, yeah, two weeks to go, like from till the winter break and stuff. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, and I'll kind of mention, uh, you know, a couple of his proud achievements and stuff. We all know he's the ISO president, but he, you know he had been like working for ISO and like for all the internationals on campus. And actually, recently, like we had have had this issue about like uh, seniors not getting um, kind of like so after they graduate, they're not getting accommodations on campus. And he had been working behind that. And yeah, it's just one of the things he had helped a lot of internationals and. Yeah. Also, we heard uh, he's getting this award uh, for his service, and it's called Integrity Leadership Service Award from the Division of Student Affairs. Yeah, uh, we got to know about that. Congrats, Ibo. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, I wouldn't give myself too much credit. I have been behind <laughs> the scenes uh, trying to help out a little bit. Uh, it's your guys' voices that matter, along with everything else. But um, that leadership award, I mean. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to get some form of recognition, yeah, right. um, especially <laughs> when you feel like you have been uh, putting in the work. Uh-huh. Uh, so, so I'm really proud of myself and mm-hmm. try to be humble. <laughs> but sometimes it's really nice. I sent it to the family group chat immediately uh-huh. <laughs> as soon as they told me I was getting the award. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I want to give a shout out to Jens as well if he's listening. Like, yeah, I mean, he was uh, the ISO vice president uh, last year, and like, yeah, both brothers had been like uh, working for campus, and yeah, I just want to, you know, uh, show my gratitude for the work and stuff. Okay, uh, we can get into our topics now. Uh, I know you into or. Uh, 
law and like going to law school and stuff. So I wanted to kind of like get started with that. I'll, I'll ask, um, have you got interested in uh, law and like, you know, get into law school? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was a little younger uh, in high school, around like 12, 13 years old, I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people had their passions and stuff. I know not a lot of us had it figured out then. Not a lot of us have it figured out right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but I started thinking of like what my passions are and I was watching a lot of series at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> and a big part of that was Suits. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, Suits mm-hmm. with Harvey Specter and uh, Mike Ross. It was uh, a very empowering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They made law look a lot cooler than it actually is now that I've studied a little bit of it. Um, but yeah, my passion came from that show and then I started looking more into how I can help, what my interests are in the actual field. Um, things like contracts mm-hmm. uh, really interested me because I was also good at business mm-hmm. in high school. So I wanted to see a way that I could match up the two. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Wait, so like you said, you in high school as well? I forgot, like uh, you went to UWC as well. Which, which UWC was it? Uh, UWC Waterford Kamshaba, which ah. was UWCSA. Huh. Yeah, like, I mean, in if you guys don't know, like, in IB curriculum, like, people have six different subjects, and uh, he mentioned he did uh, business yeah. as one of the subjects, right? Yeah, uh, like, the channel, like, um, not the channel, uh, the series, you're talking about, so it's, uh, yeah, I watched, like, a couple of episodes, and, yeah, it it shows uh, how, like, people working as uh, contract closers and, like, they make it seem very cooler. I mean, I know, like, law is freaking cool and stuff. Like, uh, it's like, you know, people can be, like, different different types of lawyers and, like, they help out people and stuff. I mean, since you mentioned uh, you're interested in, like, uh, you know, like, helping out businesses and stuff, I wanted to ask, like, how you got interested in specific type of law. Like, I know there are types of law, like I mentioned, but... Uh, well, how you got interested in specifically like kind of helping out businesses to help figure out uh, business disputes between them? Like, how did you get interested in that? Yeah, so with the, the show Suits, but a lot of other law shows, there's these things called pro bono work, which is like free work for um, businesses that maybe can't afford to hmm. get a lawyer. And that's like a lot of small businesses that may lose a dispute against a bigger company. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they don't have the same type of quality lawyers that uh, are a bit pricey. So when I do get to a stage where I can do a lot of pro bono work, that's what I want to do, uh, helping out small businesses in particular um, for a smaller charge than for a smaller charge and no charge at all at times, um, just to help them yeah. not get like uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Not get mistreated by mm, uh, bigger okay. businesses. And yeah, yeah. That that kind of stems from again being from South Africa. There's a lot of small businesses that were started around where I lived, and I saw a lot of them get run down after maybe three, four, or five years. Yeah. And uh, I can only imagine that that's probably a part of uh, contracts and the sort of disputes that they got into with maybe the government mm. or bigger businesses. Yeah, yeah. Like the business world, like and all the like law and business like together it's, it's a crazy world for sure yeah so um i don't know i usually ask like philosophical questions about yeah. what people say 
But um, I have seen a lot of like injustice in like bigger and smaller businesses and companies. But I I want to ask like, don't you think we're naive to 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 think that we can actually like help them because of the amount amount of money that's in big companies versus small companies and how do you think we can do that? Because there is so much money and politics in in who wins the argument. One hundred percent. I think that's a debate in a lot more aspects than just business. Uh, yeah, sure. Like you're saying, it's a very philosoph- philosophical question. I think just trying to close that gap even a little bit is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if I can help maybe my cousin who really didn't know anything about business at the start and just help him learn the sort of contracts he should be looking for, I think that would be a plus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the grand scheme of things, I think uh, politically it's it's really hard to shift um, away from big businesses because, yeah. like again, like the food that you get in the store is like politicized at some point, you know, because you get your oranges from the specific business that yeah, does these sure. wrong practices, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's really hard to take a stand against everything, but taking a stand against at least one thing is kind of what I want to do, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. Okay. Small steps. Yeah, I would ask, uh, which, uh, I mean, since you said you want to go to law school and stuff, uh, what you going to do after you graduate, like, uh, you want to go to law school or what? So my plan is to first do OPT uh-huh. uh, and get my my full money's worth of coming to this college, <laughs> you know, uh, take the opportunity to take a year Mm-hmm. and actually decide to where I want to go because I've been looking at uh, Europe and America as well for different law schools, obviously aiming very high at times, places like Columbia, Oxford, uh, Harvard. Um, but <laughs> if I'm looking more realistic in the U.S., I'm looking at uh, Case Western Reserve. Uh, they've got a good law program starting out there mm-hmm. and uh, University of Norway as well, uh, which would be very close to family. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't been able to see a lot of them uh, throughout my years here, so it would be nice to yeah. get a dose of family yeah. for a while. If you get accepted to Harvard, you can always share that episode and be like, oh. I want to know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I'll do. Okay. <laughs> so your family is still uh, like, uh, in, like Norway? Like uh, live, they live, live in like Norway? Is that- yeah, so... Um, I lost my dad, God rest his soul, uh, but my mom is still in South Africa. Uh-huh. Uh, my aunts and uncles are mainly in Norway. Uh-huh. I've got a couple of cousins there as well. Huh. Um, they were originally from Lesotho and then they moved to Norway because their dad was half Norwegian. Uh-huh. Half Norwegian, he's full Norwegian. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, wow. so, like... so that's how that spread kind of happened. Oh, man. It's like Mr. Worldwide, you know, like <laughs> from... Yeah, the whole different story. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to all that later. Uh, I wanted to talk about, like, you know, I mean, see, I know, like, you're busy and, like, you do all this work and, like, I'm, but I'm pretty sure you get to do, like, uh, fun stuff as well, like uh, hobbies and stuff. So um, I'm a PS fan. Um, I used to be a huge Xbox fan in the uh-huh. past. Uh, the way it goes for me is PlayStation 2, mm-hmm. Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, uh-huh. and then PlayStation 5. <laughs> so um, I think Xbox started slacking a little mm-hmm. bit after the 360. Yeah. I think it was doing really well, and then they took it for granted. 
Uh, uh, PlayStation developed the console a lot better than theirs. Uh, yeah, I love 360 as well. Like uh, Xbox 360, I think one of the fan favorites. Like it was really good and stuff. Yeah. Okay. I mean, what what games do you play though? Like, uh, you know, what what's the like uh, recent one of the most recent games that you played? So I I play a range of games actually. Um, right now it's EAFC 24. Oh, it yeah. used to be called yeah. FIFA. FIFA, no. <laughs> yeah. I hate that they changed that because the EAFC doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, as nice. right, right. Um, I play Call of Duty, mm-hmm. Modern Warfare 3, yeah. which yeah. has dropped. Uh, I also played the new Spider-Man game. Damn, Spider-Man is, 2. Yeah, oh, it's like, so good. The trailers and stuff. so yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely worth, worth the yeah. 20 hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I saw the trailer for Spider-Man 2 and it looks so good and... Uh, yeah, I know. I'm I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, yeah uh, I heard you into magic as well. Like you know, <laughs> like from from gaming to magic. I'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so like, I mean, how did you get started with magic? Like, how did you in- got in- interested in magic? What yeah. Happened? So again, back in back in high school, um, I didn't always look as good as I look now. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> wow. just dropped it like that. <laughs> I had to. I had to. Um, no, but uh, I'd have a lot of time to myself. Watch a lot of YouTube. Uh-huh. I got into a lot of magic, like people like Dynamo, Dynamo, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Shinlim, who won America's Got Talent. Yeah. Um, and so I started actually like YouTubing how to do some of mm-hmm. these tricks. Uh, I got pretty good at it at some stage, and then I let it go for a while. Um, but then over lockdown, I picked it back up again and learned a couple more tricks. Uh, it's always been like a little passion of mine to uh, yeah. do magic, but also stuff like Ruby's Cubes, you know, like that That's sort cool. of little Rubik's weirdo Cube. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got it's weird. It's okay. <laughs> Just, I, I, yeah, like I think it's kind of like one of these uh, phases, like, you know, like people go through like different phases and stuff. Like yeah. I, I also tried uh, the Ruby's Cube, and I mean, and I found this. Um, what's that called? Like, it has different not formulas. Like, you know, kind of like yeah, ways to solve. Yeah, ways to yeah. solve it. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, it I is a formula. <laughs> I'll say it. I learned one of the formulas. Uh-huh. That's that's uh-huh. how I know how to make it now. Yeah, it just yeah, people uh, people go through phases and stuff. And I yeah, so I also tried the Rubik's cube. And I mean, it's fun. Like you know, for sure. Like after you kind of kind of master like. One specific way to solve it. It's it's pretty fun to be honest. Like yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. And I mean, I have seen you like uh, playing basketball as well. Yeah, what's um, who who you follow? Like uh, what what team you follow? Uh, I'm a Warriors fan. Warriors fan. Warriors. Uh-huh. Uh, I bleed <laughs> gold. <laughs> um, yeah, I've followed basketball for. A lot of my life mm-hmm. uh, because with gaming as well I played a lot of uh, basketball games like NBA 2K mm. um, and then in high school I played a lot of basketball yeah. uh, while my friends played like football and stuff like that uh, yeah soccer for you Americans yeah um, but I think the the best part about basketball is that like you get a lot of games in a week as opposed to yeah. one yeah. every other week uh, so it's fun to to watch and and play. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, I used to watch, uh, you know, Curry's like when when Curry like uh, I can't remember the last uh, match. Uh, 
was against. But anyways, I used to watch his uh, like basketball matches and stuff. I mean, sometimes I just dropped into like the games in uh, CFIR, like you know the the basketball yeah. team you have. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Huh. C- Curry is Curry is the goat. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like my favorite player has always been Clay Thompson, who's also Thompson, the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think he's been a bit of an unsung hero uh-huh. over the past couple of years. So I feel like he he's one of the best players on that team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, I want to talk about this one. Uh, really badly like uh, I want to talk about MCU like I'm, I'm a huge yes. MCU fan yes uh, so uh, okay I'll ask you first uh, what's the first MCU movie you watched like which one Ooh, uh, the first one I can remember watching <laughs> is the Incredible Hulk Incredible Hulk the yeah Incredible Hulk the one that I actually followed the story of probably was Iron Man Iron Man yeah yeah Iron Man is the first um, Marvel movie, like I think Iron Man One, uh, right? Um, yeah. yeah, don't don't like get back at me, <laughs> criticize me if I'm wrong. I think that's what I could recall. It's the first uh, Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Iron Man is the first uh, Marvel movie I watched as well. But um, who's your favorite, uh, like Avenger or like I would say Marvel like superhero? Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> um. I think it's a tie between mm. Black Panther and Spider-Man. Black Panther and Spider-Man. Oh. Uh, I think, again, like, representation is super important. And, like, yeah. when they brought Black Panther, I was like, there yeah. I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, but, like, Spider-Man is also just, like, mm-hmm. his storyline and, like, how long he's been huh. mentioned. I think he's one of the biggest Marvel stars. Yeah. So I think he grew to be one of my favorite so like uh, did you watch all the like uh, I mean I know we had Toby no. oh yeah Toby and like uh, Andrew Garfield Andrew Garfield and uh, uh, then now we have Tom, Tom Holland yeah which one is your favorite so it used to be Toby Maguire yeah and that was before the the most recent Spider-Man film uh. came out uh. I think Tom Holland is my top one right now but uh. Andrew Garfield's the worst I think <laughs> <laughs> the reason I like Toby Maguire uh, the most at some point was because he felt like an actual Spider-Man. Like his webs came out of his veins. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah. All these other Spider-Mans like yeah. have a gadget. Gadgets you know? attached. Yeah. So, um, and I think like his just portrayal of Peter Parker uh-huh. was, was better than yeah uh, Andrew Garfield. I think now like they're trying to make uh, uh, Spider-Man and Avenger and kind of like you know go with the Avenger. I don't know like the maybe the timeline or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're trying to... I don't know. I have mixed feelings with that. I feel like some people like it, some people yeah. don't. But, yeah, uh, my favorite Avenger is Thor. But, yeah. but I know, like, some people hate him. Like, some people don't <laughs> like him at all. But, yeah, I just I just love this man. I, lo- I, I love Chris Hemsworth, to be yeah. honest. I, I have watched his movies, like, uh, Extraction 1 and 2. And, like, yeah, I don't know. I just maybe, like... It just, it just. I think um, he suits uh, like the character oh, a lot, yeah. and uh, and also Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyways, I mean, recently, I feel like. What, what's your opinion on like Marvel movies? Like right now, like I feel like 
kind of like now they're releasing like a lot of CDs and a lot of movies yeah. at once. What's your opinion on that? Like, so I think is it? I think they're going to like phase five now or something like uh -huh. that. And like I'm trying to have a positive perspective on it because it's getting kind of confusing if you're not following it like properly. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we're building to another stage in the mm. MCU that's going to be like like the Avengers movies of the past. Yeah. So um, I'm just waiting until we actually get there. I think they've made it a little bit more complicated for like the casual viewer yeah, to just get right. into it because like every series and every movie relates to like another movie or another series. Yeah. So if you're not caught up well enough with the MCU in general, you might be confused. Yes, yes. Um, so I think they need to simplify it a little bit more. I think they're also trying to uh, apply it back to kids again uh -huh. because they're trying to get a new generation into uh -huh. the MCU. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know if you watched the the recent Thor, Love and Thunder. Uh-huh, that, yeah. that was a terrible movie yeah, for me. Yeah, I didn't like I, it at all. Yeah. Like, like what, what the hell? Yeah, it's, it seemed very geared towards, like, five or six-year-olds for me. So that... I wasn't happy with yeah. that, but I understand why they might do some of the things they do. Yeah, obviously they might have their own plans and stuff yeah. that we don't know. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to like a new stuff. Like you said, uh, Phase Five, we might get some good stuff and like, yeah, we're looking forward. You know, do good, Marvel. Do yeah, good, please. You know, we <laughs> waiting for this. <laughs> and yeah, okay, I think. <clears throat> Let's get into the part uh, where Sushanik was waiting for. Yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, this man has been from like a lot of places. He has uh, been in a lot of countries and stuff. So yeah, let's get into the beginning of the story, Sushanik. Yeah. Um, so how many countries is it in total that you lived in? Ooh, for for like a proper period of time yeah um i would say five five yeah what are the countries so it's norway uh egypt lesotho south africa and eswatini that sounds so cool do you want to tell us the story of how you were born in norway <laughs> all right so um My dad was a ambassador for South Africa. And so <laughs> didn't know that. <laughs> so he got his second posting in Norway. Oh. Which is where he met my mom. Uh, my mom is half Sutu, half uh, Norwegian. Mm -hmm. And so they had me. <laughs> um, I don't know if I was planned. <laughs> they had me. But that's so cool. Yeah. Um, so we stayed there for six months, of which I obviously don't remember any of. <laughs> uh, but then he got his third posting, which was in Egypt. And so we moved to Egypt. Uh, we stayed there for about three years. Um, again, I don't have too many memories from there. Uh, there's only like one really strong memory that I have. And that was like we were playing with this like little car, me and my brother. And like you just turn it on and it would like drive by itself. Uh, it had like its own autonomy, which was weird. <laughs> At the time, it was like usually controller things. Yeah. But this one was kind of like driving around by itself. So mm -hmm. that's that's a memory from Egypt that I remember. 
then we moved to Lesotho. And every time uh, my dad got a new posting, uh, we'd have to stay in South Africa for six months so they can like get it set up in the, oh. the next country. So we stayed in uh, a hotel uh, for six months eating terrible food. <laughs> um, but when we moved to Lesotho, uh, I think that's the biggest part of my life, at least my my early teens and, well, from like six years old till my early teens, uh, shaped me a little bit, not as much as it shaped me when I moved to Eswatini mm-hmm. uh, when I was 12, 11, 12, and I joined UWC, where mm-hmm. I think I became the person that I am now. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of changes to who I was, but um, Eswatini, I have like the closest bonds with my friends from there. Uh, some of them got to come along here uh, to see of us, so I kept those friendships. Even de- developed some of them into a little bit more <laughs> than a friendship, <laughs> which is nice. Um, but but yeah, that's that's my journey. How does it shape your identity? It's very interesting. As someone who's from one country only, I I lived my whole life in one country. It's it's very interesting the mixed marriage part and the moving from one place to another mm-hmm. because when you are coming from just like mono ethnic country, same ethnicity parents, oh, yeah. and then you know like all this like language and culture and like both family sides, do you think? It has, I mean, it definitely has a lot of, um, you know, influence on how you grow up. Yeah. Uh, I think there's like major positives and negatives to <laughs> both okay. those things. I think some positives is that like I've gotten to learn about like different cultures um, in like different areas of the world. I think that even the people that I met at UWC gave me perspective of just understanding that like, again, we're all humans and like we all have different struggles in our lives some a lot more struggles than others but uh i think it it like helped me shape my view on how i see people and how i approach any person that i speak to yeah um some of the negatives is that like you can't feel like an imposter like to mm-hmm. every place that you do go to um uh for example like when i came here it felt like completely different from all the other countries where I've been to where like I like my race is the majority in mm-hmm. most of those countries. And so coming here it was weird to adjust to that sort of thing. Also, um another negative would be that I don't get to I don't get to feel at home where home is. Mm-hmm. For example, like yeah. like South Africa, that's my home, uh, because I've lived there for a large portion of my life. Mm-hmm. But like I can't speak one of the main languages there that a lot of my cousins speak, you Mm -hmm. know, so it's hard to connect with them in the ways that a South African that's lived there their whole lives would Mm -hmm. be able to connect. So I see both those positive and negatives, but um, I think the combination of both has like formed my identity as a person. Yeah, that's very interesting, especially the UWC part, because I've noticed how when I went to UWC, I was like 16. And when I graduated from UWC, I was a completely different person, Mm -hmm. like to my parents and to everyone in my family. Um, But then when I took three gap years and I stayed in Armenia, it like I kind of like went back to who I was, but with addition to what UWC made me. So it was like 50-50 or maybe like 70-30 of what I had become. And I think it's very interesting because um, like... 
I don't know, for me, 16, I was like half conscious about what's happening. I think mm. I wasn't really conscious. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure because like everyone has like different ages. But I think like yeah. 15 to 16 is the, the time when we become like actually like realizing what's happening yeah, around us. Right. I agree. So I don't know. That's very cool. I Would you choose the same for your children? <laughs> you know that's that's a question that I kept asking myself like throughout UWC. Mm-hmm. Like, are, are you speaking about like traveling around the world or like UWC in specific? No, I mean traveling around oh, and like you know. Uh, I would wish for my kids to have like one place that they can say they're from and feel like comfortable there, so they don't feel like imposters at times. Um, Maybe South Africa. It will be South Africa oh, for that's sure. So cool. That's so satisfying <laughs> here, like not Norway. Yeah, no, 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 no. like. Uh, I know I was born there, but like a big part of my identity is not Norwegian. You know, uh, I do like to claim the citizenship because there's some perks. <laughs> uh, but I'd, I wouldn't say that's a nice place to live. For me, South Africa's always felt like where I want my children to grow up and like the sort of culture that I want them to be around. Uh, obviously, there's like political situations there. As yeah, well that, we'll talk about uh, that. Yeah, but that's I, I feel like politics is everywhere. So. It depends yeah. on where you pick and yeah. and choose to raise. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, looking at I don't know if South African passport is as like I think compared to many other African countries, South Africa is doing yeah. way better like economically. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know about um, the passport that they have, but um, I know that like. As as we've talked about, like it's the biggest macadamia nut <laughs> producer and like biggest fruit producer. Yeah. And I know that Cape Town is a big tourist destination, so it's not like an unpopular country yeah. in the world and in Africa, you know. So I think it's a very cool place. Yeah. yeah. Um Cape Town. Cape Town. Get point out like I have seen pictures and stuff. It's a very beautiful place. Like Let's you go know. to a party in Cape Town. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah, just so beautiful. Yeah, I I think like back to your point of like how strong the passport is. It it is pretty strong. Uh, you can go to like a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. I think like um, it's it's a stronger citizenship than most other African countries. Like you're mm. saying, and like places like Cape Town are like really beautiful to to visit. Yeah. I myself am from Durban, which is like the south coast side, mm-hmm. and it's like. I'd prefer Durban over Cape Town just because uh, the beaches there, like the water's a lot more. Yeah, warm, you know the yeah. views are also nice. But like, Cape Town is like, if you have good money, you can have a good time there. You know, wow. uh, whereas like Durban is like, you can have fun for really cheap. So I think uh, for me, Durban is the the best place in South Africa. I'll keep pitching that. Um, <laughs> but definitely, if you get the chance, Table Mountain in Cape Town is beautiful. Mm. Um, there's this thing that it does because uh, it's one of the wonders of the world like sometimes the clouds will go over the mountain oh. and they call that the, like the tablecloth which is oh, if you wow. get to see that it's, wow. it's beautiful is it I touching it has... like kind of like like the mountain surface or yeah like... it's touching the mountain surface oh, okay. yeah you can take like hikes up there yeah. mm. uh, you can also take like the the train not train the tram like the aerial tram oh, to go okay. up there it goes up there okay. yeah it's really nice. It must be beautiful. Like, I like uh, that. You just... Yes. Oh, wow. Just like that. I'm, so, listeners, we're looking at the pictures right now and just so beautiful, like, you know, the scenery, yeah. like, wow. Yeah. They they look like they're edited, but they're real. Yeah, right? That's the thing. What? Wow. 
It's pretty good. That's Without so cool. Just, uh, yeah. Touching the surface of the mountain. Yeah. Okay. Add it to the list. I have Tanzania on my list because Silipa oh. told me. <laughs> I also want to go. <laughs> Tales about Tanzania yeah. and like I don't know, all this cool stuff. No, I was I was reading the human rights report about um, South African politics and democracy yeah. and the issues that it's facing, um, and I want to discuss that um, specifically issues of race in South African politics. Mm. Do you have anything to say about that, and how do you feel as someone? you know, who's somehow related to, like yeah. you're doing your major in law, but I'm sure you've done some classes in politics. Oh, yeah. So I think um, the the ideal the ideal way that we wanted to get out of apartheid was making sure that each race is equal and that we come together to make a better country together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say right now it doesn't seem that way. Uh, there's a clear divide in like parliament when you see like a black person speaking versus a white person speaking Mm -hmm. um and then the biggest party uh the anc Mm -hmm. is majority black and so i don't think the integration has been as good as it could have been Mm -hmm. uh then again like we're a developing country so it's important to consider that fact Mm -hmm. along with everything um i think apart from the race i think the Mm -hmm. major problem uh, of everything to do with the politics in South Africa is is age, <laughs> age, <laughs> which which is mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's it's huge. It's huge in politics around the world, but like in South Africa, because we have leaders that have um, they've come out of apartheid wanting power, mm-hmm. and so when you get a hold of that power, you don't want to let it go. Mm-hmm. But wow. also, when you're like <clears throat> eighty years yeah. old. Trying to make decisions Joe for Biden. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> even when you look at Biden here, like, yeah. you can't even answer a question, like, straight away, you know? Yeah. Like, shocking. Exactly. So, um, I think getting more youth into politics is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Africa, I think the way for us forward is to get uh, the younger generation involved mm. uh, so, because we understand, like, the problems that we're going through better than the older generation is um, again with like the PTSD that they went yeah, through with apartheid right. plays mm-hmm. a factor I saw that a lot with my dad as well uh, in in the ways that he spoke about politics as politics, well I could see yeah. that uh, the sort of trauma that he went through in the past yeah, was yeah. seeping into that so yeah. um, I think youth is, is the, the way forward uh, again though I'm young so that's why I'm saying that <laughs> are you planning? <laughs> I have my own biases I wish I was planning something but no no, I think that would be too difficult for me, and uh, I kind of wanted to shy away from politics. Mm-hmm. After my dad being an ambassador, I was like, I don't want to go down that same path. Mm-hmm. I want to choose a different path for myself. Mm, I see. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that um, generational gap is a big thing, and what I've seen in my country specifically is like the older people blame us for not like keeping the values or like mm. westernizing too much. Yeah. And then, you know, they they blame us for being like too open minded. And um I think it's really hard to find like a good mix of like um w- like keep like adopting some of the like 
Western or like more modern values and approaches, but at the same time, like keeping your traditional yeah. values. And some nations have been like losing it when they're trying to, you know, adapt to the modern, I don't know, modern approaches. Yeah. But I'd be happy to see you in politics. You know? <laughs> Isn't it cool to have like your careers in politics? <laughs> I don't have anyone, but I'm planning to be like the next prime minister. But... Yeah. I mean, wow. That would be pretty cool. I think, again, just thinking of the future when you see like 20 years from now, the sort of positions that we each may be in, like people that graduated from here, different mm-hmm. UWCs, I think will be, I, I don't want to say shocked, but like really surprised to yeah. see like the, the levels that we've reached. Because I think like, for me, at least UWC was a huge experience in, in terms of, in hindsight, I'll say that. Because when I was there, it felt like, why am I doing three higher level <laughs> yeah. subjects yeah. to start it like, all of us were like that yeah it didn't make sense but like now when I look back I'm like I'm thankful for what I did get to yeah. when I right. did it was, it was a big experience except when it comes to academics they, they always like do this like cool ads and feel it feels like a camp it feels like you always oh. do like hiking and stuff yeah. like, never IB but then when you go see it you're like oh my god nobody told me about yeah. this literally Yeah, they present it differently for sure. Okay, so as the ISO president, what do you think are some issues inside the ISO community that you would like to talk about? So a big one that's always been the case, I think, on campus is the separation between like domestic students and international students. I think it's really hard to integrate um, with different cultures, but domestic students seem to have shied away from that mm-hmm. a little bit more, um, which is weird because, like, again, coming from a UWC, you had everyone integrating yeah. together. Um, but I think COVID is also a big issue. Uh, for example, like my year group, we didn't get to actually have like a freshman year, basically. We we're mm-hmm. doing everything online. And so a lot of the domestic students here that are in my year, I don't know. Even a lot of internationals that I still might not have met mm-hmm. because we just didn't have that first year seminar experience or like orientation sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I would say like a big issue right now is trying to close that gap more. Um, a big problem with that, though, is that a large part of the, the school is athletes. Mm-hmm. A lot, large part of the domestic students are athletes. And so if you don't go to any sport games or if you're not actually a part of the teams they don't really want to get to know you because they also they have that like schedule where like nothing aligns for them to come to an ISO event because they have a practice sort of thing so I I think there's things that the school can do uh, to help out with that I don't think it's just on the the domestic students themselves or the international students Um, another issue I'd say though like within our community like the ISO community is just like people willing to take leadership positions as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like I ran for president my junior year and Mm -hmm. um, my sophomore year I ran for events coordinator. But both years, no, mainly the the president year, Mm -hmm. uh, no one else ran against me. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so I think it's important and a lot of alumni have spoken to me about it that they want to see a lot more like 
opposition in those positions because mm-hmm. it proves that people want to take uh, the sort of leadership positions that can, I think, make a change on the campus. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope is that when elections do come around, we see maybe four or five people running for each position, which is asking for a lot. But I think these positions, they teach you a lot about yourself and just how to network with people and how to work uh, with different situations, like the amount of situations yeah, we faced true. with like the cultural show and again, like this OPT situation of housing. It's things that you only learn if you're in the position. Yeah, and of course. Learning how to like work with a team as well, uh, what people's strengths are, what their weaknesses are, uh, who you can ask for certain things. Mm-hmm. I think like when you're in those positions, um, whether that's with ISO, Afro, or like even in the Senate, um, I think you learn those key aspects about yourself and like what you need to improve I think yeah yeah I mean I have a feeling that just like overall with events participation I have not seen like the the entire ISO community in one place mm-hmm. well I I have a feeling that like in UWC sometimes they would make it mandatory so like everyone yeah. everyone was present and I kind of liked it because like I saw everyone but yeah. like here sometimes I, I see people that I've not, like never seen literally in like and I see them once and then they disappear again mm-hmm. and it's like how how do we like all like all come together I don't know but I feel like it's also because it's a college like um you know it's not a high school where you can make something mandatory and be like yeah. kids everyone be here yeah. we're all like mature people yeah, seems like yeah. yeah so I think I think that like the biggest attendance we've gotten is always either the cultural show or last year we had our first food fest. Oh, and wow. so food fest. <laughs> exactly. And like people come out for food, you know, like different <laughs> types of things. So I think yeah. we'll see that again in the spring. So uh, sad to think that like, people always go for food. Like I get depressed yeah. when I think about like for eating, everyone is ready to go for eating. <laughs> like why is this human nature? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it. The food fest was fantastic, and it we still talking about it to this year. <laughs> we all cooked for oh. that. Like even I was, I cooked like five Moroccan dishes for some oh. reason. We say now, like it wasn't even my culture, but yeah. And you got to do it a lot more this year. We're gonna try and make it a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably get a bigger budget for it this time, um, and see like what sort of dishes we can get. Better voting system as well, so we can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't like to separate dishes because I think all the food is great, but like I think it keeps the it just, competition uh, competition going, going right for sure. Yeah, that that aspect like gets people excited to okay, I'm going to try my best to cook this dish now so that yeah, I get yeah. up to a type of thing. Oh, I'm very excited actually. Yeah, because I feel like we have more things happening this term than next term, because when I came in February last year, like nothing was happening, mm. and I was like, what is this? It's it's really difficult to, like, get things started as well. Again, like, I feel like COVID, for me, like, COVID is, like, such a blank space in my head because it feels like we lost a whole year of everything. Yeah. Know? And so I feel wow. like everything is, like, trying to get back to that. And I don't know what the college looked like before COVID. So I don't know what we're trying to get back to, if that makes sense. So uh, what I've seen now is, like, freshmen freshman involvement is like super low Mm -hmm. i think that's the biggest problem because in previous years it's been like seniors are too busy to come to events so you'll have juniors sophomores and freshmen Mm -hmm. but now you have a lot of 
juniors and sophomores at events, but no freshmen. Mm. And I don't know why that is. Uh, there's a lot of people working trying to figure that out right now as well. But if, well, if you guys have ideas of how to get freshmen... No, I just talked to know. different people about uh, like in admissions and stuff like that. I always make sure I complain mm. so that people know. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. come to ISO events. Come to all events. <laughs> come to all events, all different types of events. I mean, it's nice to see the different groups that are forming as well. Uh, like NSA, ASA is taking a bigger role this year as well. Uh, I think it's nice to see groups, again, like Afro as well, trying to show their cultures that maybe... Because we can't show everything that we want to mm-hmm. show. It's a very big community that we have. So we have yeah. like selective things that try to portray the culture of all uh, international students on campus. Yeah. Do we actually have people from like 80-something countries? Or is it like... I don't know how the numbers are this far. I, I want to know like, when... It, that's such a lie, honestly. <laughs> it, it's, it says, I think it's 60 to 65 countries. Right no, now. but where is they, it? They haven't updated that in a long time. So that's been the number that we've used, but... Um, because it's such a wrong marketing. Like, you open CFI page, and then they're like, oh, my God, we have, like, 80-something. I'm like, bro, in see we had, like, people from 88 countries, and I saw it with my eyes. Like, <laughs> and, but, like, here, yeah, I feel I like it's, know. like, 20 countries. <laughs> I don't know about the number. I don't know. Like, I don't know the right it's number. It's definitely not 85, because I don't see the 85. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or like eighty-seven or something. Yeah. Whoever could count it, count it for us. Yeah, <laughs> we We're don't looking for people to count. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the official yeah. number. But yeah, I think it just yeah the issue is for like real like uh, we we see the declining like uh, you know of our freshman generation and like and like um, I think they gotta be involved with stuff and also we see the numbers kind of going down as well. Yeah, these are, like, uh, issues uh, from, like, I mean, the college also has to be, you know, a part of, like, resolving and stuff. Mm. Yeah, we all have, like, our own, like, you know, part, like, parts of it to work on, for sure. Like, uh, I, I think... I want to talk about cricket and rugby as well. Yeah. I had been looking forward to, to talk about cricket in an episode. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, South African cricket team. Damn, they, they did really well. I I actually wanted them to, like, uh, you know, uh, win the World Cup and stuff. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's uh, the, the nature of the tournament. Uh, they got knocked out from the knockout stages against yeah. Australia. Yeah. But... I really like ABD Williams. I'm a huge fan, and um, and uh, who's this? Uh, and also, uh, I really like uh, Quinton DeCock. Like, um, I always uh, forget his surname, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he he was one of. I think he's one of the greatest like uh, South African uh, cricket players. Um, yeah, yeah, he retired, but I, I really like his uh, way of batting, and yeah. I really wanted South Africa to get this World Cup, <laughs> and but yeah. Anyhow, like uh, let's talk about rugby. Uh, do you watch rugby? Yeah, I mean, I watch a little bit of rugby. Mm-hmm. I'll speak a little bit about cricket as well. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> watch it too much, but uh-huh. uh, Ab De Villiers is obviously a name that's well known. Yes, yes, Indian Slavin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, across South African and where I'm from in Durban, like is the biggest population of Indians as well. <laughs> so. Uh, we we get a lot of that culture as well. Mm. I think like cricket and rugby are 
the time where our country comes together the most. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we saw it with the Rugby World Cup uh, this past, I think it was two months ago now. Yes, yes. Yeah, and we won our fourth World Cup. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I think rugby's always been, it's been fun to watch. Um, I got to go to a game at some point. I think it was the World Cup uh, when I was around eight years old. Mm-hmm. And I watched England versus South Africa. Yeah. If I remember correctly, and uh, it's a f- really fun experience to to see the players play. Um, just like sports in general, for me is is really fun. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, um, seems like uh, we have wrapped up everything we want to talk about. Uh, yeah, thank you, Sibu. Thank you for, you know, being here and, like, as I as a president and, you know, talk about all these issues and, like, yeah. your background and your hobbies and your passion and everything. Thank you so much for being with us. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd also <laughs> like to give a thank you to you, Suti and Shushanik, for uh, inviting me on. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to invite you. Like it's 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 been a while. Like uh, we, I mean, I did last last time you uh, invited Sainab uh, to talk about the ISO show. Yeah. yeah. By the way, ISO show was brilliant. I think you. you guys did it like perfectly, and uh, you guys had the second round in in Boise, yeah. right? And that was uh, fantastic and well done. Yeah, I mean, thank you once again for like you know advocating for the issues on campus and like for internationals and like seniors you like the yeah it, it's going well and um, we gotta be grateful for all the work uh, you including like the whole all the the leadership had been doing for us yeah yeah uh, okay to finish off stuff uh, to, the tradition is we all let people you know uh, say goodbye in their languages uh, that's one of the features we offer so Cebu Go for it. Uh, say say goodbye in languages you prefer. Goodbye, hambagache, tsamaya hantle. All right, guys, uh, you heard that. So yeah, you hope you enjoyed this episode. See you in the next one. Take care.